Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we have a highly requested episode, Thrift Store Shopping Strategies. This is like more than highly requested. I feel like <laughs> we get this comment every day. But I like the request, it's demand. Yes. Demanded. And high demand. <laughs> Can I demand? <laughs> we are going to break down how we strategize before we head into a thrift store, what we bring with us, how we tackle the store, the bins, depending what we're entering, and then how to understand the sales within each space. Mm-hmm. So get your roadmap ready and let's start making your plans. We'll see you at the table. <laughs> um, this, this is funny that people really want to talk about this with us and they really want yeah. us to talk about it and it's it is it's interesting because I'm just like oh, okay so you want a roadmap on how like what are the strategies what do you need to do before what do you need to do during what do you need to do after and it's like I don't really think about that to be honest with you I think no. I just like kind of go <laughs> yeah and maybe it's because we've been doing it for so long like I think, I think this so. is a good time for us to maybe take, take a step back especially for those who are maybe fairly new to reselling. Like when we first started, I remember when I wanted to go to my first binge trip, I planned that trip. Oh yeah. That was like, I I felt like I had to plan for that. When I went into a thrift store for the first time, I feel like I wandered. Maybe when it comes, maybe I didn't exactly have a, an idea of like what categories I wanted to look at. It was more of like, I looked at everything Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't understand the color tags and I didn't like, there's just, there's like the nuances of it. So it's, 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 you have to learn it's, it's, there isn't, there is an art form to it. Yeah. Like I definitely will say that. Right. But I think, like you said, for you and I, when we first started, it was just trial and error. Mm-hmm. I'm just going in. I didn't know there was a strategy. I didn't know that you right. probably should have a plan going in. I just kind of went in and started sifting through racks, sifting through bins. Now, yeah, let, well, let's, let's put the bins on the shelf for now because the bins are definitely something that I think even from the beginning, I knew I had to have a plan to go in there because yeah. it's very, it's a whole different beast, right? Yeah. But like the regular thrift stores, right, Daniela? When yeah. you kind of first started, it was just like you said, kind of went in, kind of walked around the place. Yeah, aimlessly right? looked and- at every single thing on the rack, not realizing that there was a color system and each color signified what week the item was put out. Like, I think right. we should start there. So we're, we'll start at the thrift store and then we'll, we'll transition to bins. Cause I think it is important for those of you who have never been to the bins or um, maybe you've just started out the bins. If you're a veteran bins person, then you know, like, you know, there's a strategy when you. When oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Who haven't been or very anxious about going, we'll definitely talk about that too. Um, but the bins aren't really Jen's strategy or my strategy. Like we would go, but now the bins that we would go to isn't open. And yeah. So I'd be happy to talk about like my experience before, because I will say that before I was an avid bin shopper, I probably for about a year, year and a half would go at least once or twice a week to the Boston bins. So I'm like, definitely feel comfortable chatting with you guys about that. But Danielle is right. Our bins are still pretty much closed unless you're going to go up to New Hampshire, Hampshire, Maine Maine or something like that. And then over here in San Diego, I I know that there's tons of bins around here. I just, unfortunately, like I'm not in a place where I can go to the bins because the bins is something where you need to carve out a lot of time for it. It is not a night. I mean, it could be, but I do not recommend it being like an hour long trip. Like you're not going to be there for an hour. So that's put that in your point. diary. We should add this. So <laughs> as we're talking about this, let's talk about 
time because I think that's part of the strategy as well. So, so for example, when Jen and I thrift or when Jen was here in New England, the way that we would break down our thrifts present day, we'll talk about present day and then we'll talk about how we broke it, how we learned to get to where we are now. Mm-hmm. So we would roadmap, literally roadmap where we're going to literally. Go. Yes. So, have a plan in your head before mm-hmm. you leave the house. Right. Yeah. Cause everything starts at the beginning. Right. So let's, yeah, let's all, we're not even in the store yet. I think we talked about, look, get your butt out of the store. We're yeah, not in the store yet. You're in the house. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the house. Number one. Mm-hmm. Right. So you want to figure out, like you said, what is your day going to look like? Okay. Do you have all day to thrift? Do you only have a few hours? Do you need to pick up your kids in the afternoon? All that really factors in on what your sourcing day is going to look like. Right. So like Daniela said, we'd get a roadmap, right? Daniela, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then, um, for me in particular, I usually can only really do this. Either I take a day out of work, right. And I start at 8am or I'm going to do it on a Saturday. And again, I'm starting at 8am and I know that for me, I need to spend an entire day Mm -hmm. So probably put in a good six to eight hours of just sourcing. And this includes travel time because now I'm, I'm more than likely traveling into the city. So now it's good. It's about 55 miles, depending where I start off. I typically start off at the bottom and then kind of work my way into Mm -hmm. the, into the city. So, but within that, I have every store that I want to go to and the mileage in between each store. So I know where I'm going, how long I can spend in each store so I can hit all the spots that I want to hit, where I can get food because you need Mm -hmm. to eat some food is another thing, guys. You have to think of that too. Please, please pack yourself snacks, Mm -hmm. pack yourself. Also what I would pack up is water. You know, um, I don't like to personally go to the bathroom at the thrift store. It's not my no, thing. So if you have to know which but ones if you have, have to, right. Know which ones have it. Or what I actually used to do, Daniela too, is I would map it up because I just was so creeped out by it. I would find, um, like a thrift store, right. For example, and down the street, I knew that there was a restaurant there that I could use their bathroom or there was a grocery store that I could use their bathroom because or Cumberland farms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or a gas station. Exactly. Like I literally had, I remember, so I would go in Waltham, right? Cause you know how you over there, you have a bunch of smaller thrift stores yep. and you have Plato's closet. Well, between Plato's closet and the thrift stores, there is a, sh- or, or in that plaza, there's a Shaw's right yeah, there. there and I used to go to the bathroom there all the time. To Shaw's. Yep. So plan your bathroom breaks, plan your water yeah. breaks, hydrated. And like you said, food. And I used to expense my food. Cause I was like, well, yeah, I'm out good. on, on a business trip. So yeah. I'm going to get my food paid for, by my company. <laughs> yeah. AKA me. AKA me. <laughs> but, but I think that's like the most important thing before. So for example, tomorrow I'm probably going into the city and I already have in my head that, okay, I'm going to leave my house at probably around nine. I already fill my gas tank. I always do that the night before, make sure there's air in my tires. Like this sounds ridiculous, but these are the things you need to think of when you're traveling to go somewhere. Got my car washed, like everything is good to go. I'm going to pack snacks tonight. And I already know that when I leave at nine, I'm going to get to my first spot right where they open mm-hmm. at 10. And I always like to get right when they open right and you. don't forget your bags. Need don't bags. forget your bags, especially Need your bags. Need bags. Yeah. Um, so at 10 o'clock, this is my favorite spot that I go to and they open right at 10. So I am there at 10 AM. The woman knows me. We have a good conversation beforehand. I know we're going to chat for like a good five, 10 minutes, and then I'm going to do my thing. And by like 10 30, 10 40, I'm going to be done there. And I mm-hmm. know the next spot I'm going to go to is about five minutes down the road gonna head there it's gonna be super busy so I know when I go into that store my game plan is I'm gonna look at shoes first 
I'm gonna look at the um, items they have near the door because they have a lot of like luxury and designer things right when you walk mm -hmm. in the door. So I'll look at that. I'm gonna look at handbags. And then if I feel like it and it's not too crazy, I'm gonna look at the clothes, like jeans and, and tops or something. But that's about it because I don't have the patience. Yeah. The store is small. There's a lot of people that go in there. It's a Saturday. And I really want to go to the big stores. Like but that. I like that. You have the strategy, right? So mm -hmm. it's like sometimes, you know how they have that saying like, oh God, see, you and I are the worst with American saints. <laughs> but there's like, like sorry, that. Sorry, guys. You got first generation Americans yeah, here. It's like, so. eat, what is it like? Eat the frog or something like, like, you know what I mean? Take the most challenging part of your day and do that first. That is what I would recommend. Me. There we go. That's what it is, right? So, <laughs> but you basically want to take the, uh, in, I, I really recommend, you really want to take the biggest store, the one that is going to take out most of your energy first, and whether that's the bins for you or not, because that is where you're going to have the most energy. You're going to have the most enthusiasm, you know what I mean? To push yourself to go through all of those different bins and racks and, and, you know, like, sections of this giant place that you're going to go to or a place that's very time consuming right mm -hmm. so that's, that's why I go to my thing. small places mm -hmm. first because they don't take me long and I and I know that if I don't go there first I'm not going to mm -hmm. get anything and they usually have the best stuff mm -hmm. I use so that's why I do them first because they, they're tiny and it's easy. I do the big one see I do the big ones first unless okay, so I differ yeah so unless unless there is a small place that I know gets picked up really quickly. And like you said, you know what I mean? So all of that is, again, it just depends on your strategy. Maybe one day you do, you know, you know that you're going to do the big place. And so maybe that's all you do that day. And then the other day you just go in there and you quickly go through all your small ones. But yeah. I found that it was like, I wanted to do the big one first to get it out of the way, but it was all about yeah. which one gave me the most stuff. That's, well, the, most that's the other thing. thing too. So one of the mm -hmm. places that I go to when I travel um, I am lucky enough that, um, I have access to a lot of the inventory that may not be out on the racks yet. So sometimes if there's a lot of stuff, then that might take me a little extra time, but I know that I'm going to get a good buyout price for it. And the curated items that, that this individual brings in is worth it. Like I'm mm -hmm. paying up, but it's like, it's pieces that mm -hmm. are really worth it. And there isn't any competition because she knows what I'm yes. doing kind of thing. So, right? so it's like, figure out the plan that works for you based right. on what you sell, you know, right. what are your price points, right. what's all, yeah, you know, all that. So it's like, so you can even see Danielle and I, we both have different strategies, right? When it comes to the way that we would even think before we even step into any place. And that's what you really need to think about. Like Danielle said, do you want to go for the more curated pieces that you know that they're going to be gone quicker? Or are you looking to get a lot of volume? Then go to your bigger space and, and exert your energy there. So there's yeah, a lot there's of a differences, lot of different ways. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of, differences. of differences. And I think the, so the main thing is, so you need to figure out where you're going, right? Like that's step one, figure out where you're going, how much it's going to take for you to go to each place. But let's say you're brand new. You've never gone anywhere. Like, oh yeah. You're going to make oh, it real yeah. tough right now. So I'm going to go into a thrift store I've never been to. I know where it is, but I don't know if there's anything else around it, but I want to spend time and I want to go here. Like, what's your first thing that you do, Jen, when you walk into a thrift store that you've never been to? So like you moved back to San Diego and you went to thrift stores mm -hmm. that you've never been to before. Right. Um, so what, what did you do to kind of get you through that process? Well, I mean, it's obviously it's helpful knowing what I know, right? So that really did help a lot. Um, but I would say for a lot of the newbies is, again, do your research and find affluent areas or areas that are next to affluent areas too, you know, um, because more than likely you'll find 
better stuff there. Um, a lot of it is, yeah, there is a lot of strategy when it comes to location. So that was some, something that I definitely focused on first was location. Now, luckily, when I first moved here, I was staying in a beach house, right? And it was up in northern northern San Diego, and it's a very affluent area. There's a lot of small thrift stores there. And so I was able to find a lot of things nearby, right? But the way that I would do it is that I would go in and literally the first day, it's all about getting an idea of what the space looks like, right? Where are all the products? Where are they coming from? Um, talking to some of the employees. Hi, I'm new in the area. You know, I love thrifting. Like how often are you guys open? Are you guys, you know what I mean? Like those, just those kind of questions. Like how often do you guys bring out new product, new things, you know, just kind of asking those kind of open-end questions that are that like really is going to cut your time, right? And the amount of time that you're going to have to go there and figure it out yourself, first of yeah. all, right? I think it's and important then, when you go mm-hmm. to any store, not to interrupt you, Jen, but I just, no, go ahead. now that you said that, I think it's important you go to any store to form any sort of relationship with any employee that's there, even if you never go there again, because mm-hmm. they'll be able to tell you if there's a sale going on, if they have a special that's mm-hmm. going um, you know, just all those little nuances that you wouldn't know the smaller thrifts don't advertise that stuff. Exactly. And it's like, honestly, the way that you can start the conversation is I don't really recommend going off and saying like, hi, I'm a reseller. Well, like that could definitely come off. Not the like, first time. <laughs> not the first time because you don't know what their situation is going to be like or what their reaction is. I just kind of start like, hi, you know, I'm new to the area. I love thrifting do you guys ever have any sales or anything, you know, going on or what is like, how does your pricing work? Do you guys like, um, have like, you know, open end pricing, do you price everything individually is everything, you know, just like literally a question that any customer would ask, like, are all the shirts four ninety nine, or are they like just different, you know? And, Oh yeah. It's like, Oh, do you guys get a lot of, um, I would do you guys get a lot of donations? Oh yeah. We get a lot of donations. We get a lot of things, just really basic questions. You're going to get a lot of information and also you're establishing relationships with them, you know, right. and, and that is really a helpful tool. I have to say when it comes to, to thrift storing, but, or thrifting, not thrift storing, but, um, basically, yeah, I would then go in and I would look, and then I would just start slowly, you know, kind of looking because I didn't know how they stocked. That is another big thing too, because depending, do they have colors? Do they not have colors? Like all that really matters. If they don't have colors, I would just start in the categories that I was comfortable with. Right. Things that I really know very well. So for me, I'm, I know, I know dresses very well. I know jeans very well. I know shoes and athletic wear. Right. So I would just go to those categories mm-hmm. and that's where I could kind of see whether or not I'm like, is this worth it for me to come, Right. you know, to come back. And so Literally, though, the best thing you can do is just keep going back and keep going back at least for a month or two or whatever it is, however often you go. And that's really where you're going to gauge whether or not this is going to be a good constant floor or a good honey hole or like, you know what I mean? Like secret spot, like everybody kind of calls it. But that was just my tips. Just go regularly, be nice to the employees, ask them questions and stick with the categories that you know, because you'll know if you see a lot of like junk brands in there and that's all you see. And then you see new stuff coming out and it's kind of just junk brands. It might not be worth it. You don't know. But yeah. then if you also, oh, and the other tip is ask them if they have like a luxury or a designer rack or something. Yeah. See what do they consider luxury and designer rack? Yeah. You know, that's also really important too. 
That's a good tip. I never even thought about that. But every smaller thrift, like a privately owned, not we're not talking about a Goodwill, and though Goodwills have them, um, but we're not talking about a Savers, but um, they usually have a rack or multiple racks with, with items that they consider higher end. That they Boutique section, right. those kind and of things. That will tell you a lot about what the store actually gets in and mm-hmm. what they're what they're moving, right? And, I, and what do they consider? Right. Right. High end too. Cause if you're going to see a whole bunch of lucky and Ann Taylor there, that's going to be marked for a whole bunch of stuff, you know, like that's really expensive. Might be worth it to go check those regular racks. Cause you don't know what they might I be. I was missing. just going to say that <laughs> if you see a lot of Ann Taylor or Talbots on those designer racks, go to the regular ones because guaranteed not always, but there's usually some luxury or mid tier designer mm-hmm. pieces that are on those regular racks happens a lot at Salvation Armies happens, just happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that when you go into these smaller thrifts that are privately owned, uh, I personally think it's easier to source because A, the space is smaller, but yeah. you can tell really quickly if it's going to be worth your time or not. It, yep. it's, it's very quick. It, just by scanning the racks really quick, especially if you've been doing this for a while, scanning the racks in your favorite categories, like Jen said, and you're like, mm, all right. I don't think this is worth my time, but then doing what Jen said as well and repeating that process, rinse and repeat three or four times in a month mm-hmm. before you count a place out all the difference, because maybe you just hit it in a bad day and someone got there before you. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. know, or maybe they just didn't stock the last few days because their employee was out and they didn't have time to stock. So you have to remember that too, when you're in smaller thrift stores, it's usually just a couple of people that work there. And if someone's out, they're probably not stocking and they're not doing anything. Um, so there's a lot of factors that go into it. I think the other important thing is if you're going into smaller thrift stores, ask if they do consignment um, and what type of items they like to consign, because that could be a way for you to unload inventory, gain, gain some credits um, mm-hmm. or money, depending on you know whatever their arrangement is. I think that's always a great conversation to have in these smaller thrift stores. They're always looking for ways to acquire inventory to, to meet their bottom line at the end of the day. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. I wouldn't even think that. So yeah, yeah. no, I those are those are really good. Tips. When it comes to smaller thrift stores and you're new, I think it's a great thing to do. But if you're new, I think it's a good place to start. I yeah. think it's a really good place to start. I really do. And then once you kind of feel start feeling a little bit more comfortable, you know, moving into like those larger ones. But if you hey, if you're like you know what, I want to go into the big value villages, I want to go into the big savers, then just do that. But again, you know, I think just hit up those same strategies. You know, as new things are coming out. See, ask, ask, right? If you can look at the new racks, see, you know, guys kind of gauge and see what are, what are the brands that you're seeing? What's the condition that you're seeing too on things? Because there are some thrift stores that have higher standards than others. You don't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's all of that, that you're having to really, it's basically like a reconnaissance mission. <laughs> like you're going still, in, getting all those details and then going back. <laughs> I know. I feel like, so when it comes to like the bigger thrift stores, First of all, they're extremely overwhelming to someone who's new and they can be overwhelming for someone who's a veteran too, because there are instances where A, there's a lot of people. It's yeah. just mobs because it's a big retailer. Okay. Whether mm-hmm. you whether you believe it or not, those big corporate retailers are not nonprofits. Okay. Goodwill mm-hmm. and Sabres are not nonprofits. They're, not they're non-profits. a regular retail store. And they are mobbed at all times because they have nationwide advertising it's it's different right mm-hmm. so there could be a lot of people there could be a lot of resellers there could be just a lot of regular people shopping it's just mixed with lots of different people that are there there are way more categories way more categories you're ever going to get mm-hmm. in a curated thrift store okay there are just a ton 
Um, the racks are going to be jam-packed. More likely Stuffed. than not. Correct. Stuffed. Yeah. And it's going to make it mm-hmm. very difficult for you to source and to sort through all of those items. Um, and the other thing is condition is not something that regular retail thrift stores will look at. They throw mm-hmm. everything on the rack. So your job becomes way more complicated and more complex when you're going into a Savers or a Goodwill or a Unique or, you know, any of those. So they're all mm-hmm. the same. It's going to be much more difficult for you. You're going to need to be really good at looking at things, understanding their tag system, understanding yep. their sales system, getting their oh, coupons, yes. getting their points, like mm-hmm. the prices are getting going. on their, on their mailing list, Correct. all that stuff. You want all of that. You want to strategize mm-hmm. when you get there. The definitely. prices are going to be higher, unfortunately, as of the 2020, most part. Yeah. they have they are now higher than some of these smaller thrift stores, depending on what small thrift store you're, thrift store you're shopping at. There are some mm-hmm. thrift stores that are meant to be like a higher tier. And we're not talking about those. We're talking about like your mom and pop church thrift. Like, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Right. Your savings thought, well, yeah. more than likely are going to be way more expensive now. Right. That's just the way yeah. it is. Right. That's very true. And like, I, and I, and I don't think, and we're going to preface, I'm not, we're not going to be talking about like boutiques and consignment and all those fancy places because no. that's not thrifting. I'm sorry. It's just not, it's a different category. Can we get that out of the way right now? There's a difference between shopping in a thrift store, shopping in a consignment store, shopping in a difference. buy, sell, trade store. They're two yep. very different things. You So when you're in a thrift store, you're, you're thrifting. You're absolutely thrifting. When you're in a consignment store, you are thrifting to an extent. Well, you're buying secondhand. You're buying secondhand. It's really what you're doing. Thank you. You're it's buying really secondhand. what you're doing. You're buying yeah. Same thing with the buy-sell trade. You're buying secondhand, but the items are curated for you. Yeah, everything's curated. So. Everything's curated, okay? So you're I mean, there, yeah, and, and I mean, there can be some strategy behind some of those, but those are a lot easier to figure out. I feel like a lot it's of it like is just in a regular like, retail store. It's just shopping in a regular retail mm-hmm. store. Uh, but again, using the same things that we just talked about, right? Applying like get on their mailing list, mm-hmm. see if they what does their sale get rotation their look system. like? Get into their point system and yeah. that type of stuff. But other than that, it's really just you just kind of go there and you see what do they have that's new, really. And and mm-hmm. there really isn't that much else to go in there because I don't know about you, Daniela, but most people that I know that go into those types of stores aren't going in there and bringing coming out with bags and bags and bags of stuff, no, right? They're no. coming out with like maybe 10 pieces or less, I would mm-hmm. say. And I'm, that's you're, more you're on the more. You're spending yeah. more, but you're getting exactly. quality pieces mm-hmm. and you're not in the store as long because it's, it's yeah. just a different process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, let's get back to like the big, yeah. the big thrift stores. So, Cause those, those definitely need a little bit more chatting about, right? Yeah. So you mm-hmm. walk into a Savers or Goodwill, it doesn't matter for the first time. And you're like, okay, well, what direction do I go in? Do I go to the mm-hmm. left? Or depending on what your savers or goodwill looks like, to the left. Do I go me, forward, backwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the left, left right. for me is shoes and handbags. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to the right is home goods. And right smack dab in the middle is 
all of your clothes, right? You've got sweaters, you've got mm-hmm. uh, button-ups, you've got tank tops, you've got athletic wear, then you've got maybe a row of coats, and then in the back end, you've got dresses, you've got blazers, right? So you've got all these different things all over the place. Right. I know that when I first walked into the Savers with an intention of thrifting to resell, mm-hmm. I went to the rack to the right, and I just started there, and I went through mm-hmm. every single piece because I didn't realize the tags meant something. So I wasted right. precious a lot time of time going through mm-hmm. all of these. I probably spent three hours in the thrift store when I didn't understand. Oh, I used to spend meant. hours in one thrift store. Hours in one right. thrift store. It was crazy, but to yeah, find it, what maybe a handful of things. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's important before you even start tackling those racks, if you find um, a, a, someone on the floor that works there and you can ask them, do you have a color tag system? Like how does, mm-hmm. you know, what is it? Well, what's the newest tag of the week? Yep. Um, what's the oldest tag of the week? Because usually that one's marked down all the way and mm-hmm. you'll know that's all the items that are at the end and you'll kind of get it like, okay, all the items at the end are, are mm-hmm. really old tag. The one in the beginning is the new tag, you know, find someone on just a customer that, that you, and ask them, do you know what the color of the week is? The, yeah, it's all about learning that rotation. The color rotation is your friend. You need oh, to focus so on necessary. that. So what you want to really focus on when you're looking at a rack, all right, say you're, you see a large, large rack of sweaters. All right, so you're like, I'm going to start on one end. So you start on one end. What you want to do is you want to find out what is the newest color? What is the color that's coming out? And if you don't see anybody, and you're too nervous to talk to anybody, but you see like the employees, like, you know, putting yeah, things away in the rest. Just like look and see what the tag is. That's like on all the new, the new stuff that's coming out, right? So focus on that color. So let's just say it's orange, okay? So literally what I'll do is I'm in the sweaters and I'm in the small section of the sweaters, right? Because this is usually how Savers is, yes, is small, laid out, medium, right? Small, large, medium, large, large, extra large, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Then everything else in between, don't even know where it goes. But you start in the small. All I'm going to do in the small is I'm just going to look at what's in orange. Yep. And I'm going to look at what's in the back. And that's it. And that's even if I have the time and even if I feel like it, because I'm looking at two different types of strategies here, right? One, I want to look at the orange, the new stuff, right? Let's say, because that is going to be the freshest items that are just coming out. The less eyes have been on it, the more likelihood that, you know, less resellers have actually sifted through this. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's like, I want to find my golden pieces, my bread and butter, whatever it is that I need, I want it there. And then if I go in the back, let's say it's like a gray tag. I just want to look at all the grays, right? Because that's where all the stuff is going to be about 50% off. Usually that's what savers used to do, Yep. right? And that's where I go and I get things for really cheap. That's where I'm looking for like, like literally that is where you look for bread and butter in my opinion, right? So that's where you can find some J crew that's hopefully marked down some like banana Republic that's marked down. I'm talking mall brands, right. Is usually what I'm looking for because by the time that the items get to that gray section, it's going to be very rare that you're going to find a diamond in there. Extremely rare. It's usually four to six weeks. Those pieces have been already on the floor. So if you're going and you want to buy a bunch of stuff for really, really cheap, because you're only want to sell it for a certain amount, you know, and you're okay with making, you know, $20 off of a piece or $15 off, whatever. Focus just on that end part there, because that's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. But other than that, I've been able to do entire racks where it used to take me anywhere from 20 minutes to do like a section of sweaters. Let's say I've gotten it down to like 
eight minutes, maybe yeah, say it's like seven five, minutes. minutes, depending yeah. on how stuffed the racks just, are, just depending on how stuffed the racks are, because I didn't, I don't even waste my time in the middle stuff. I just no. don't. It's not, there's no point for, for someone who works a full-time job and you need to maximize your time when you're in the mm-hmm. first floor. I just want to look at the new stuff. I don't care if another, if another reseller comes in and grabs stuff that was left behind from the previous week, have at it Go Good on you. Not for me. I want okay. to see what's brand new, what just went out. And the other thing too, is if you go frequently, like an every other day kind of thing, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll continuously see like what items are still left. You, items you will get on their know. rotation. You'll yeah. get on their rotation. So you'll yeah. know, oh, I already know the blue stuff. I already saw it all. It's not a yeah. big deal. There's nothing in there for me, yeah. but the new stuff that's coming out, that's what I want to focus on. And again, it's all about the time because I don't have the time to go through, let's say the gray tags, the old tags, right? but I do have time to go through the orange and that is all I focus on. And so you'll see sometimes like my, and, and I know your like cart will just all be one color. <laughs> yeah. It's never, it's very rare that there are other colors mixed in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually just one. It's usually the color just went out. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I followed the exact same process that Jen does. I'm only looking at that color um, of, of the week and I'm going through it. And sometimes like I'll go, Usually they start stocking on a Tuesday and let's say I go back on a Thursday and I'll look mm-hmm. at like the first few items that are orange. And that's how I can gauge like, is this new stuff or is this stuff that I saw on? I've seen already. Well? Mm-hmm. Have they not really been stocking? Because if I notice that I'm going to walk out the door um, because it's not worth it for me to waste my time to nope. start going around. I'm going to come back on Saturday when they probably stocked more things or, or mm-hmm. after work on a Friday when I have a little bit of time and, um, and, and go through and see if they put anything else out. Because I will say, uh, there have been instances, especially with, you know, everything, everyone was getting sick in December and stuff and in November and January, but those stores didn't have any employees. So things were not mm. being stopped for weeks at a time. Is yeah. that a forever thing? No, but there are instances where they're just, they're slower at bringing things out because they have so many items to process. So mm-hmm. knowing like going a couple of times a week, just to kind of peek and see, have they put anything else out that's new? And you're noticing the same items over, over and over again that you saw a couple of days ago. Well, is it worth it your time to keep going? For me, no. For you, it might be. But for me, it's not. I want to carry on. Carry yeah. on today. No, I, I know. It, it's all about utilizing your time, right? Like you don't want to spend three hours in one spot. You no, don't. I want to spend no. one hour at most. I want to spend an, an hour yep. at the most in this location. Mm-hmm. So after that, you know, well, Daniela, you know, her strategy would be that she just kind of just started, right? And she just went to whatever the first rack was. Yep. You can do that, but you can also, again, if you're like, you know what? I know that tank tops, like I don't, I don't hit certain categories like tank tops, for example, because they don't give me a big return. It's, it's a waste of my time. So I've actually learned what are my top selling categories. And if you don't know that, that's okay too, right? You need to learn and you need to figure it out because what my top five categories are might not be yours. Right. right. So for me, it's like, I basically will go into a thrift store and I go in and I look at athletic wear, like, you know, sweaters, um, sweaters are interchangeable, right? Cause I don't generally look at them too, too much in the summer, yeah. but sometimes I will, because there are gems in there. Yep. Um, you know, I'll look at dresses, I'll look at jeans and then I'll go to the shoe section. And do I have a particular order that I do those? Generally? No, I usually like to go to shoes first, just because mm-hmm. I like to put the shoes on the bottom of the cart, if that makes sense, you know, yeah. and I like to look at that. Then I'll usually, you know, go to the dresses, go to the sweaters, the jeans, and then athletic wear. And then what I'll do is I'll do a quick spin around the store. 
Okay. And there are some key spots that you can probably look for some discards or from some things that people might've missed. They might've just decided that they didn't want to get it. So one of those things is the end caps. You want to check all of the end caps that you have there, because a lot of people will be sorting through their cards and just putting stuff back there. They don't want to go put it back. They don't go to the dressing room to put it back or whatever, you know, they're we don't just have dressing stuff. rooms anymore. So we don't, yeah, matter. that's true. So it doesn't really matter. So there is that spot. Another spot that you can go to that I've been able to find some really good stuff is going into the small kids section, into the kids section and going to the girls size 14, size 16 stuff. So like the bigger girls section. Um, and lots of times they'll put stuff there that is meant for women in there, not knowing that it's for women. So you can find some pretty good pieces there. Same thing in the men's section. If you look in the smalls, um, small jeans, you know, small yeah. shirts, you can sometimes find stuff there. Another place that I, well, when they had dressing rooms or if they have dressing rooms, check out the go back racks. Too, yes. That was you don't know the go back, mm -hmm, the go back rack all the time. And, you know, and make sure if you're shopping for yourself. Let's say you're going there and you're shopping for yourself. Don't shop by size when you're there because I, oh. their sizing never, ever makes sense. And also different brands, you know, they cut differently. The, the fabric is different. You don't really know. So I would always like go a size up, go a size down or whatever. I wouldn't limit myself on any sizing because you don't know what they're going to put where kind of thing. I think it's very common for us as resellers to find things that are in size small medium, right? Like those mm -hmm. are very common sizes mm -hmm. for us to find for various reasons. People grow out of those sizes. It's younger people who are donating and they're like, I'm buying new stuff. I don't want this anymore. Um, I think a lot of our community forgets to check some of the larger sizes. Yeah. And I have found quite a few gems in like the 12 to 18 range. Like I'm talking mm -hmm. brand new with tag items, like brand new with tag frame jeans, brand new with tag Vince, brand new with tag Max Mara. Like they're like, think of the older population, not older, mm -hmm. but you know, more mature mm -hmm. age that purchase these same brands that aren't a size two, four, six, eight, whatever it is. And they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're in a, a different size bracket, which is nothing wrong with that size 16 here. And, um, you can find great things in there too. Does yeah. it happen as often as in the smaller sizes? No, it definitely doesn't. But I think it's wise to check every size. Mm -hmm. um, and just look at the new tags, like we said in the beginning, look at the new tags, yeah. but look at every single size. But that's what's going to help you too, I think. Because for myself, I'll admit that like, I first, I would only kind of look at the smalls and the mediums. Mm -hmm. Not because I was discriminating, but because I was tired. I was so tired because I went through every single medium, mm. every single small. And so by the time I got to the largest, I would look at the beginning and I'm like, I'm tired. But yeah. now with this new strategy that I do, where I'm just looking at the newest and the latest and the greatest, it's not a problem for me to go from small, medium, large, extra large, or whatever, or no size, whatever they have there, because I'm able just to take the chunk that I want to look at as opposed yeah. to the entire thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the one category that I will spend the most time in and it's the most exhausting is shoes and handbags because yes. there is no real strategy to shoes and handbags because they're kind of just everywhere. You need to know the color of the week. You need to know the color. You in need order to, know the to color. sift through. And the other thing too, it's mm -hmm. shoes and, and um, our friend Amanda, who is on Instagram, uh, she oh, yeah, her video. posted a video where you need to get down low to look for the mm -hmm. shoes. Nine times out of 10, the really good shoes are on that bottom bottom rack yeah. and 
shoes is a very exhausting process, but it's also the most, for me, it's the most fun because that's where the most profit can be made. But again, that's why I do it first Mm. because it is the one that I exert the most energy. Mm-hmm. out of because you're well because I'm short right so it's like even yeah, me too is I'm a little me. taller than you not by much <laughs> but the top rack right the top rack is also like I'm like on my tiptoes kind of yeah. looking up but mm-hmm. um one strategy that I did learn and I actually learned it from our friend Hadron because he's oh. such a great um yeah. great purse handbag shopper yeah. you know um and it's just when you're in the um in the purse section a biggest thing it's all about feeling the material and feeling the weight of the bag, you know? So you want to go in there and as you're going through all the racks, start feeling all the bags that you see there and start your, your feeling for softness and you're feeling for weight. That is what you're feeling for. Cause those two things are pretty fast indicators to let you know that that might be something worth it and something good. So I do the same strategy too, in the athletic wear, I just Mm -hmm. go in there and I just start Mm -hmm. feeling all the different fabrics, anything that feels decent, pull it out and then keep feeling, feeling, pull it out, pull it out. And then I look at everything. Okay. Only one thing was actually Lululemon. (laughs) But But, it's a very bin strategy. Like Mm -hmm. when you think about it, when you're in the bins, everything's by feel. You're not necessarily looking at brands. You're going by touch. You're like, okay, this Mm -hmm. feels really good. And then you might quickly glance at it or you don't know what it is. And you're just going to throw it in your cart kind of thing. Um, But I do the same thing with the handbags. I generally, I look at the color, but I also, I do do a touch test as well. Just Mm -hmm. to kind of see. Sometimes I just go by like the styles and I look at the styles and then I'll go to like grab something. I'm like, oh no, this, this is nothing like, but looking at it, it looks like it would be something. Yeah. It turns um, out to be like a forever 21 bag. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Or it's like that Margot brand or like, you know, which feels nice. Oh, and then you yeah, open yeah, it yeah. up and you're like, no, this is not what no, I want. No. No. Yeah, exactly. So definitely there is a bit of strategy behind that. And then the other thing I have to say is when you guys are there and there's a lot of people like don't feel overwhelmed. No. Don't feel discouraged. We all do. Easier said than done. It is. It definitely is. And we can definitely talk about that more when we start talking about the bins. Cause I can talk about my experiences with the mm-hmm. bins. Cause that was definitely something that was a challenge for me. But, um, remember like Daniela said, there's so many categories. There's so many different things to look at. There's so many things that people are, are not picking up that, you know, that you might be picking up. You just don't know. I can't tell you how many times I've been in thrift stores with tons and tons of resellers and I've come out with great, great pieces because it wasn't something that they were looking for. It was something that was missed. So again, having that strategy is really, really going to help you out. And then when in doubt, honestly, you guys, as you're going through, and there's a lot of people there, when you're like, this feels good, just throw it in your cart, just throw it in your cart, throw it in your cart, throw it in your cart. That's the best strategy that I can say. Don't sit there and start contemplating in "Hmm, hmm, who knows, because you don't know while you're shopping either. Comps, comps, everything needs to be at the end. So once you've got, let's say you've got your cart, anything that you're like a maybe throw it in your cart, throw everything in your cart. Then I go and Danielle and I have very distant strategies on this. I like to go and hide somewhere and look at all my stuff. Danielle is just like, I'm in the front with, <laughs> with the cashiers. <laughs> so find, find whatever comfortable space you can. Um, when the dressing rooms are open, like Daniela knows I'm notorious for this. I like to go sit in the dressing rooms, especially if they have a seat there. I'm really happy. She does. Yes, she does. So, and I go in there and I look through all my stuff. I look for damages. That's the first thing I do, right? Is the first thing we do is when you have the cart, you kind of want to sort your cart a little bit. And Danielle, you had a great post on this on how you sorted your cart. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, I feel like I should probably bring it up. 
<laughs> while you're bringing now it up. Now that you mentioned it, <laughs> but I, I can give you a gist as to what, okay. um, what this post even said, but basically what I do is I, so I separate things according to, yes, absolutely. I'm going to take it. And it goes to one section of my cart. Then I have a maybe side where I put things on. Then mm-hmm. I have an absolutely no side. And then I have a side where I put hangers. Okay. So I'm using my cart. The top piece of the cart where like you would put a child in to sit down. My purse is there <laughs> as well. And I will put all of my, I already know I'm getting these. There's no question. These are my pieces yeah. that are going home with me. That goes up there. Mm-hmm. My shoes will always stay in the bottom of the cart. I'll never move them. I'll look at them at the bottom and then they, mm-hmm. they stay there. My hangers go on the, the, on the side of the cart that's furthest away from me on the opposite side. Yeah. So they don't get in the way. Uh-huh. The side closest to me, uh, I'm going to put all my maybes that I need to look up. And then the front of the cart is all my no's they need to go away. So like I literally put the organizational system in my cart and that's how I process things. But for me, that's how my brain works. So it makes sense. I, and then once I officially know, okay, these items at the top are definitely going, they go into the main portion of the cart. Then mm-hmm. my maybes, I sort through them, put them in the no, or maybe like I need to look through them again, um, separate them out that way. And then when I go up to the register, I have all my hangers already emptied, ready to go. I can mm-hmm. put them at the register because everything's self-service here now. When you um, go to Savers, there's no cashier right. anymore. So it's all self-service. So I <gasps> there is my- no cashier? That's new. Oh, wow. Yeah, no they have like one or two registers open just in case, you know, things go crazy. But okay. there's never a cashier anymore. No, there's just the wow. people that used to work as cashiers are yeah, yeah, yeah. helping with self-service. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, oh, that's wild. interesting. That um, is and then my putbacks, they don't mm-hmm. have like a rack. Well, they kind of still have a rack where they put things away, but because there's no fitting rooms, they have buckets underneath each self-service register. So all your yeah. putbacks can go under there. So, and that's how I do that. And then for me, everything's organized when I get to the register. I, I'm a weirdo and fold all of my clothes and then it's just easier for me. They're always folded. I put, I scan them yeah. and I put them in my bag. I don't have to, I, mean, I don't throw everything in. It's just me. All right. You guys know I'm very type A and it's just how I do things. But that's my process. And then I just, and I mean, when I, when you go to a cashier, like in the, when I go to the Goodwill in Boston, they're thrilled mm-hmm. that I'm not just throwing clothes in a pile. Like, they love it. They really appreciate that. They, they love that the hangers are off. They love that yes. you bring the, you know, your gear rejects or the go backs mm-hmm. to them. Like, you know, they really do appreciate that. So I think I that having that 15 years, I know you, you learn, I think, yeah. don't you feel like everybody in life should have a service job at some point? Yes. Like everybody to realize work at retail, at some point. <laughs> I don't care what type of retail you need no. to work it because you gain appreciation for, you know, my number one pet peeve is people that are on their cell phone when they're at the register, get off of your cell phone. It is rude. That person that is standing there is helping you and you should be having a conversation with them. It doesn't have to be long. Mm-hmm. Hi, how are you? That's it. It doesn't have to be a big, long conversation. It's rude. Don't do it. Mm. I'm all preach. But it's true. It shows you, <laughs> it shows you like, I don't know how great also the general population is. <laughs> oh God, here we go. Generational thing too. <laughs> when I'm I not was that old, girl. I'm only 35, but it's like, I, it's the way that I was brought up and I worked in retail and I used to get really mad when customers mm-hmm. would be on their phone talking the whole time and I'm asking them a question. Right, right. I can't even talk to them. But and again, it's on. like, 
but again, that's that whole establishing the relationship with yeah. the people who work there. Cause they do remember that. And, you know, they are so, it's so nice to have those relationships with those types of people, especially if you're doing this and you're reselling and maybe you're home all day by yourself and, or your kids are gone or whatever, you know, it's like, these are the people that you talk to throughout the day. So it's like, <laughs> make those connections and, and, and do that. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't hurt is what we're saying. Oh, and so I think having a strategy too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply you know, utilizing, like utilizing your space, utilizing the cart, doing all that kind of stuff, checking for damages, checking your comps and what, whatever it is that you want to check. And then, you know, going and checking out and then kind of starting over the process again, really, that's our strategy, you know, and it's funny when we tell people, yes, there is a strategy to, to it, you know, but it does take practice and it does take time just like anything else, because this is your job. This is what you're doing. And there needs to be systems in place to make things run efficiently for you. And so that you're not wasting your time at the thrift store. We know we, you guys all love to source. I get it. I, I love it too. Who doesn't? But you don't want to be in the end, like we preface, you don't want to spend two or three hours at a thrift store. Now, let's there's talk always about exceptions the bins, to the rule though. But they, yeah, but like, and like the bins. Now let's talk about the bins. Wait, can I that is one something. Comment? One more comment. Okay, fine. Yes, you one can. One more comment. Go ahead. Because mm-hmm. we totally spent three hours in a thrift store when it was really good. That one <laughs> yeah, time. that's true. We did. They, we did. But that was like, but I don't that, even that's remember That's like a once happened. in a lifetime thing. I can't that even. And that was because you guys, we were contemplating on how much we were going to spend. Because that's the because only reason. <laughs> <laughs> let's we're lit it up like, so it's a little more fair. <laughs> We spend a lot of time. Yes, you're right. You're right. There are always exceptions to the rules. But we all know that. Generally speaking, you don't want to waste all your time in there. Yeah. Now, just one more thing to add to that too. Some yes. people might escape to the thrift store as like a therapy thing for them. And if that's, yeah. your, if, if that's what you do, then continue doing that because we obviously don't want to take that away from anyone. And this is all just our opinion, regardless. Entertainment purposes only. Correct. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, but... I do think that some people go there as an escape to get away from whatever it is that they need to get away from in life. And I've definitely had those moments too, but if you're looking to um, maximize your time and become more efficient in your business, then Mm -hmm. I think it's important to look at how much time you're spending at thrift store. Should you be spending more time listing than sourcing? Like that, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like where the line is. Yeah. But if like reselling is your retail therapy, you do you. <laughs> yeah, you you spend as long as you want in there. Basically. You wander around. You do whatever you want to do, you know. And it's it's really our our tips and tricks are just based off of what we have found that has been the most efficient for us to run a a successful reselling business. Yeah, I think because, it's you know, to say successful at this point. I think so. I yeah. think so. And, and you know, I mean, we've been doing it for a long time. I think we kind of know what's going on. <laughs> what's going on? You would assume. But, 
Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you would assume. Oh, God. <laughs> Entertainment purposes only. <laughs> but, you know, I think that these tips and tricks are really helpful. They can be used for anybody, really. You know, you could even use this, some of these tips in regular shopping. I mean, I know yeah. they don't have rotations and stuff, but um, but this is the best stuff that we have found that is utilize our time. Because as you know, like, you know, Daniela is part-time, which I hate saying that because you don't, you're full-time, you know, you put in full-time hours, but you do have a job outside of reselling. Mm-hmm. You know, I am the same way. I have a job outside of reselling. I have my one-year-old daughter. My time is very, very limited. So for me, it's like trying to utilize these tools and these tips and tricks is, has helped me to get the most, the biggest bang for my right. buck, the biggest bang for my time when it comes to sourcing for retail product. Or All right, let's talk product. about the bins now, because I know everyone's wondering about the bins. In oh. case you guys don't know, I'm not a bin shopper. Like I'm the worst reseller <laughs> on the planet. I have been about five times to the bins total in my three and a half years of reselling. I've been five. Oh times. my God. Five okay. Well, first and foremost, if you're like, what the hell is the bins? Okay. So Good, good, because I, I definitely didn't know what the bins were. So yeah. Goodwill, mostly, most of the time people are talking about Goodwill outlets, right? I don't know if Savers has an outlet. I wish that I knew the answer to I that. I don't think so. I don't think that they do, but there are some places but that might have it. But for, for context purposes, we're just going to talk about Goodwill, okay? Yep. So Goodwill, what they do is after pieces have been sitting out on their floor four to six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is that they determine that has been too long, whatever that last color is, remember we are talking about that gray color, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever that last color is, they go into all of their regular retail stores and they start pulling all of the gray tags out. They have giant, giant bins, big plastic bins, that all they do is take the stuff off the hangers and toss it into a bin. Now, all of those pieces then all go to a singular spot. So within an area, so let's use Boston, for example. Boston has, I don't really know exactly how many, but they probably have about seven to eight Goodwills. Mm. Let's just say, okay? I don't even know. They have a lot. I don't even know. I know. They have a lot. And within that area, you know, all of the thrift stores will send all of their old tag items to one processing center. So one area, which is called the Goodwill Outlet. Everybody calls it now the bins for short. I think it's more of a reseller term, to be honest Probably, with you. Probably, because I don't think but it's just the average idea. person calls it that. No. So basically, it's just like a bin of clothes. And it's just stacked high. And it's from... You know, it could be, I remember the Goodwill, the Goodwill bins in Boston had stuff from Worcester even coming in, you know? Yeah. So like their stuff would come in. And so you could kind of tell because the Worcester used different tags. Um, But anyways, so everything would be stacked up and don't normally it is stacked up by store, but it might not be right. It might not be. So basically you go in and it's, everything is discounted. Now, some places will do it by the pound. Other places will do it like structured pricing so when I mean by the pound what you do is you got you have all your stuff in your cart in a bag or whatever and I thought this was really interesting when I went to the New Hampshire bins right so you basically roll your cart onto like a huge huge scale and they already have the scale what is it like um not itemized but they like deduct yeah it's program where they take out the weight of the cart so they're only focusing on what's in your cart not the actual cart the weight of the cart itself and whatever that weight is let's say it's a dollar right and so it's like a dollar a pound and let's say you have 50 pounds of stuff then it's going to be 50 dollars right 
The other way is that they have their set pricing. So in Boston, they had set pricing and it was $1.75. I was going to say it was $1.75 from what I remember. Yeah. A piece for clothing. Other things could be like books where I think like 25 cents or whatever. I think on my Instagram, I had a post of like the listing on there of what it used, what it used to be. And so it's all set pricing there. Nothing is weighed or anything like that. But they don't so exist that's anymore. Basically so the structure. I know. Though that is the structure of the Goodwill bins. Now, when you go to the bins, you want to make sure that you can dedicate as much time as possible to They're the bins. overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. Yes. In some cases, it can be a little scary. Not going to lie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've seen plenty <laughs> I remember seeing <laughs> lots of girls coming in with what their Ikea like bags out? or like, you know, these girls would come in their Ikea bags and they would like look around and be like, oh my God. And they'd like walk right out. So <laughs> before we keep going, my first experience of like thrifting for profit wasn't a thrift store. It was the bins. With oh, that's Bill, crazy. With and it was New Hampshire. So it wasn't too bad, but that was my first experience. In the first mm-hmm. like half hour, I was like, what am I doing? Like what? Yeah, like what, what am I what, doing? Where am I? I don't understand how <laughs> this, this works. Nice. Things are just thrown in a bin, but then they're they're separated by category, kind of, but not really. Mm-hmm. It's so much work. I had a headache. I was hungry. Yeah, that's how probably I, a lot of people feel. <laughs> I think so. I think I think if you want to go to the bins, um, like for the first time, it might be worth it to like keep it at the end of your thrifting rotation and then go in and just walk around. Mm. You know, you, you, like there's no pressure for you to like shop, but just walk around, just feel see what, what it's like. like, get a feel for it. Cause every single bins is different. Um, you know, but you definitely got to go with your big girl or big boy pants on when you go in there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it's, well, it depends, I guess, where your bins are located and stuff, but the bins that Jen has the most experience with um, mm-hmm. was in is in even though they don't exist anymore a very tough area in Boston yeah. and yeah. there are a lot of different cultural uh, differences that exist within that area and um, there are a lot of people from different uh, cultures who are coming in to purchase mm-hmm. things specifically to send back to other countries or they're yeah. to, to sell them at flea markets there's just a lot of different stuff that goes on at that bins yeah so definitely don't like bring your louis vuitton <laughs> no <laughs> don't dress up like the bins is not Wear like a destination is a not day. a destination location okay i'm gonna tell you that right now <laughs> you want to go and you're go as comfortable dirty. as you can you're gonna get dirty your stuff's gonna get dirty danielle's right bring a fanny pack i highly recommend a fanny. Sure. do not bring a purse in there please don't do that. You're, it's going to get lost. <laughs> Not that someone's going to steal it. It's just going to get lost. Yeah. It's going to end up in a bin somewhere. You know, you want to, you want to just make, make sure that you can move around a lot there. Cause you're mm-hmm. going to be moving around a lot. Right. Right. You're going to be, um, they're going to have rotations coming out and we'll talk about that too, you know? And so it's just like, you want to be as comfortable as you can and not have to worry about it because there are places and people know this in the bins that they, um, you put your cart, right up against the wall. And there's a rule where it's like, if there's a blanket over it, you're not allowed to go through the stuff because people will take things off of the top, you know? So you want to make sure like, like, see if you can get a cart, get a cart. That's great. In the Boston bins, there was really no space for carts there. So I used to bring, (laughs) I would bring my giant Ikea bag. That's how I would. And lugging it around. Like, yeah. 
You want yeah, to talk about a really bad experience if you're new and going there. Like there's no cart. You have to carry your bag around. It's heavy. And the bins yeah. are not like, like most Goodwills have the blue bins, right? That are like- at That are very shallow. Level. These are not those kind of bins. Some places have bins where you, if you're short, you're literally dumpster diving into them yeah. to get things. But there's definitely strategy behind all of that. And, you know, and strategy I- Strategy because I yes. just think it's a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, well, you know, I, Danielle and I have very, and have very, very different experiences, I think, when it comes to the bins. And so, but yet, Danielle has found some amazing gems. I have found, found gems, but yeah. found them in New Hampshire, did not find them in Boston. Which is really funny because I do not like New Hampshire. I have tried New Hampshire. I do not like it. Also, Lori, right? Lori loves the New Hampshire loves bins New Hampshire too. Bins. Yeah. So it's, so you guys can see like, it's so different. It's all in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm -hmm. On what you're looking for, what works for you, that type of stuff. So for me, the Boston bins was fine. I'm small. I'm squirrely. I can get around. <laughs> I'm squirrely. Yeah, yeah. I can't gotta be squirrely there for sure. So her Latina you know, comes out real quick. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so I would go into the Boston bins and I usually would go with a friend. I always like yeah. to go with a friend. I used to go with um, our friend, Sarah. So oh, she's with Sarah. Sarah. I should follow her. She finds amazing pieces. She goes thrifting into Boston all the time. Isn't that her thing? Thrifting, yeah, thrifting with Sarah. with Sarah. And Sarah and I would attack the bins um, by rows is what we would do. We actually wouldn't go into the new rotations. So every once in a while, what that means is that people, the people in the back will bring in fresh bins. So bins that have been sitting out for a couple hours, right? They get pulled back and they bring in fresh new bins with new product. Yep. I was not comfortable enough to really get myself in there. It took me a while, let's just say, yeah. for me to feel comfortable enough to get in there because it is, you know, people are throwing elbows. You've got your, oh, those guys that the vintage, the vintage the tea t guys, guys, the t-shirt guys, everybody knows They're who those aggressive. guys are. They are super aggressive. They do not apologize when they throw like they basically dump a whole mountain of clothing on you. They do not apologize. They do not care. Okay. So I would just wait until that. So what Sarah and I would do is we'd go and pick rows that people had already, you know, had mm -hmm. already gone through. So we would go through, she'd go on one side. I would go on the other side. And because the bins were really deep, we each would take one section and one bin at a time. We would feel out the materials, look at the tag. No, yes, no. Anything that was a maybe again, throw it in the bag. And we would literally both do that until the end, until it was absolutely empty. And then the big pile that we would create in the next bin over, we would dump all of that stuff into that bin and then do the same thing again. And right. you'd be surprised at how many amazing pieces people either missed, they threw back because we were going, going through each bin a piece at a time is right. what we did. And we would find so much gold, so much stuff there. And then as soon as we knew that, like once we finished the row and we saw the new stuff, people were kind of dying off and going, we'd go in there and basically pick up like quote unquote, the leftovers, but it never felt like that. It really yeah. was amazing. All the pieces that we would find there at the bins, but that was my strategy for the bins. It's just literally shuffling down the line, going through every single bin. And then at the end of the bin, we could Either we would sit down at the end of the bin near near the fence and we'd go through our stuff and say this, we don't want this. We want just to lighten the load too. Yeah. And then go to the next section. So when I, um, what I used to do when I, the few times I went to the bins, when I first, because I would get there right when they opened. 
it's just easier for me to get there right when they opened. I'd be there right at 7 a.m. when they opened. And I would go through the bins that were already out. I'd go through every single bin that was already there. It was very quiet. No one was really there. And I just kind of shuffled around and looked around. And did I find, and I would find sometimes some really decent things. Now, those bins were probably from the day before, but there were still some things in there that I could grab. Oh, yeah. Um, you never know what you're going to, what people miss. Yes. Yeah, you have no idea. And then um, I can, similarly to what Jen said, uh, at my later trips to the bins, I wouldn't go as soon as there was a rotation coming out. I would wait and I would let everyone do their own thing. And then I would go in. But when I first started going the couple of times I went to the bins in the beginning, I thought that I had to be there when that new rotation came out. And sometimes, yes, you can, you find the gold when you first go there. Um, but I didn't like that feeling of being rushed and yes bombarded Be, and being in the just, chaos I didn't like being in the chaos yeah, I had a really hard time like looking for things and then like I would look for things and I thought I had good things but then I missed something else it's like this constant like scatterbrain kind of feeling and I don't yeah. like that um so for me I kind of did the same thing. I would just wait till the, the crowd kind of died down. And usually like the t-shirt vintage people would leave first and that leaves a big opening for, yeah. for you to kind of go in and start looking at stuff. So I would do that as well. Um, if you've been a long time listener of Fisher's Villa or you have followed me from the beginning, then you know about the Christian Dior dress that I found at the bins mm-hmm. in New Hampshire. So if, oh, you're, yeah. if you're new, I found a Christian Dior um, limited edition uh, collaboration piece from, I want to say it was either from the 40s 40s or 50s. I think it might have been 50s. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And it was in a picked over bin. It was a bin that I didn't even go to at all. I didn't even touch this bin. I, the rotations were kind of slow that day. And um, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'm going to start heading out in about a half hour or so. I'm going to make one more round, just walk around and see if I can find anything. And I went to this one bin that had mostly comforters and stuff in it, but there was some clothes at the end. And the print on this dress stood out to me. So I picked it up and it felt like garbage because it was made in the fifties. So it was just like, there's no lining. It was just a zipper mm. and polyester really with this pretty print on it. And I, and I looked, I was like, Oh, this is really pretty. And then I looked and I saw the tag and I noticed that it was Christian Dior. That's yeah. See, I mean, that's absolutely crazy. Like, but that just gives you the example. Like you don't have to be in the chaos at the bins you really don't you can just go off to the side be by yourself in your little bins you know like have your headphones on and just start digging and going through and honestly it's it sounds it sounds a little scary at first and it is anything new right it is scary scary. let's be real But, (laughs) but, but if you can learn to just like get into your groove and find it you'll be really, really amazed at the things that you can find in the bins that everybody is thinking that are just garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't even tell you the same thing. How many designer pieces, luxury pieces that I found in such picked over places? Because 
some people are going there and they're just going for speed. They're going for efficiency. They're going so fast and they miss things. If you can go in there and take your time, you know, and you've got the time. That's why I say go with a lot of time, especially at first until you figure out kind of what your groove is. Now, again, if you're like, you know what? I don't care. I want to be in the, in it. I want to be in the chaos and do good it for you. Good for you. Tell me all about it. Cause <laughs> the only chaos that I wanted to be involved in at the bins was the shoes. And even at some points that got dangerous. Like, no, I, like I'm not even exaggerating. I, I did a few rotations with the shoes too. Once I had been at the bins for a while, I was like, all right, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go in. And I was like, but it's, it's like, intense. But it's intense. It's intense. It because is. we only have in Boston and New Hampshire, I'm in mean, New Hampshire, I've changed. I haven't been in so long, but there was only like really two bins of shoes and everyone wants the shoes. Yeah, everybody yeah, does. Everybody wants, wants the shoes. And when I say overcrowding and you could get trampled on, like it's not a joke. Like that's literally what could happen. People trip, <laughs> like things happen. But I really want shoes. So I I dive in on that. But that, yeah. that's really the only bin you'll see me diving. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's true. And then the other thing that I would do to prepare myself for the bins is lots of hand sanitizer. I personally like to wear gloves. Now, this is a big con, not a big con. I don't wear gloves. See, but a lot of people have like specific, mm-hmm. like people like, like just they, they think I don't want to wear gloves because I can't feel the fabric. Well, for me, I don't really care about that. I'm just like, if it's interesting enough for me to like take a mm-hmm. second look, I just throw it in my bag. I'll look at it later. I actually like using the gloves myself. Yes, my hands would get sweaty, which would kind of suck, but it actually felt like it gave me more grip to pull okay, things out, yeah, I can see that. you know? So like, I would do that. I remember one time going with Lori, she was so cute. She had one glove. And so she was like the Michael Jackson approach is what she <laughs> would say, like, you know, pulling things out That's where funny. she could feel things with one hand, but still like have that group with the other hand. Yeah. But I did find that the gloves are really helpful, especially in really deep bins because you're really pulling. Cause I would say my hands would hurt at the end oh, I'm sure. of the day, like my fingertips and everything, you know, from just like pulling a lot of really heavy clothing. And also, you know, just be mindful of the bins too, because a lot of things can get thrown in there by accident or whatever. So what I mean is that like, there could be wet stuff, you know, which has happened to all oh, of us who have gone yeah. to the bins. If you shop at the bins, you've touched something wet before. You've touched something wet before and also glass too. There have been times That's, where people yes. will throw frames or because in, in the, at least in the Boston bins. Um, and I think most bins, they try to like keep the hard goods separate from the soft goods, but sometimes something glass might end up being in there, but it's very, very rare when it does happen. So, um, I don't want to scare anybody on that, but just as you're pulling out clothing, just always be mindful. It's, you know, and make sure that, you know, kind of where you're moving within that bin. If you shop in the New Hampshire main bins, you know, there are ice skates in the shoe bins that do not have blade covers on them. So you need to be careful when you're going through the shoe bins because a lot of times there's ice skates that are in there because people don't, which could be good money, but I don't know anything about ice skates. So I I don't know anything about it either. But yeah, again, but that's like kind of like our prep um, you know, and, and I'll have to, you know, I'll have to eventually go to the ones out here in San Diego and you'll have to kind of report. Yeah. And I'll have to report back to you. Cause I'd like to, I, cause again, my whole thing is I need to go with somebody. I like to go with somebody. I just like having a person there for yeah. me personally. Um, there's actually quite cause... a few of our patron, a Patreon members who live near you, who you could go to. The yeah, with. That could be a lot of fun. Maybe we could do a bin trip or something because at least for the first time, I'd like to go with somebody. I think that yeah. that's always helpful and good. Um, 
because going by yourself, it can be very overwhelming. Again, not that it isn't safe or whatever, but you just want to be mindful and, and never push yourself out of your, you know what I mean? Don't push yourself to go to somewhere or to do something that you're not comfortable with. That's the biggest thing that I can tell you. This is supposed to be for your business. Yes. But it's also supposed to be fun and something that you're passionate about. So you know, you know what your limits are, you know what you feel comfortable with, but as long as you have your strategies and know what those are, I think you'll be better off no matter where you thrift. Yeah, I agree. And and I know this is probably like a long-winded episode for some of you guys because you have your <laughs> strategies and whatnot, but I think it's just good to reflect on how far you've come to in the process mm. of thrifting and how you source because you may no longer be a thrift store shopper and you may be solely buy sold trade and online sourcing which is like a whole other conversation episode on its own people ask Mm -hmm. us also all the time how to online source and there's an episode I think from season one that Lori and I did when we first tried online sourcing but I think it'd be nice to redo an episode where Jen and I are very well versed in online sourcing now Mm -hmm. um, and I think it would be fun to kind of break down how we how we do that now because yeah. it's not a secret on how to online source there's no special no. place that you go to it's not like a liquidation palette you know it doesn't work the same way so you know we, we can absolutely touch on that topic as well but again if you're a veteran thrifter and you listen to us this entire episode thank you because i know this is yeah. knowledge to some of you but we have a lot right. of new people or people that are, are intimidated to venture or maybe you've never gone to the bins or maybe you want to rethink your strategy that's Mm -hmm. another thing too maybe you're like you know what I used to love going to the thrift store and spend three four hours in one and dig through everything but now I don't have the time right because things change for you you never know so hopefully you guys found these tips helpful and that they're useful for you and no matter where you are in your journey of reselling and yeah like we said it's probably a long-winded one but we hope you guys like these long ones (laughs) yeah let us know too so head over to our Instagram page and let us know what some of your strategies are as well while you're in the thrift store because we're talking based off of our experiences here in New England and you know Jen's experience in the stores that she's gone to in San Diego and I'm sure there's so many other strategies out there depending on where you live in the country or world because we do have some international listeners as well um so yeah let us know like what what's it like in your stores and how do you strategize your day and and how do you find that you maximize your time or do you only have a lunch break to go so what do you do yeah they have a lunch break to do because i i've done that too and it's very difficult to be efficient when you only have a lunch break Mm -hmm. so i really love to hear how you strategize when you go to the thrift store and let us know if there are things that you are struggling with and that you would like maybe more insight on and jen and i will try to come up with maybe an instagram post or something to share with everyone and uh yeah that's it uh we're gonna (laughs) end it here because we could probably keep going forever and next week we have um our patreon produced episode which we're excited about this is um a very different episode we've we've never done an episode like this before with um in general on thrifters villa Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's going to be fun we're going to talk about the real real guys and i know everyone always wants to know about the real real so we're going to have an episode Mm -hmm. dedicated just to the real real with our um, patreon member robin so make sure you tune in next week so you can care about that and uh yeah we will talk to you guys next time thanks guys bye-bye